I'm Allie, and you're currently listening to episode four of A Casual Exchange. Today, I'm joined by two other people. This is Bert. Hi, I'm Emmeline. Hi. All right, so today we're going to be talking about micro-labels. Micro-labels, you can... Oh my god. We don't have a definition of micro-labels. Why do we not have that? Well, let's break it down to the word components. Micro as okay. in small, labels as in... You're the English labels. person. Take it away. <laughs> <laughs> right. We don't have a word like macro labels, which is interesting, but we do have the standard labels as what we typically refer to something. Micro labels would then theoretically be referring to a smaller subcategory. So I suppose in science, if you want to get into it, you can say that like bird would be a label for like an animal, but then like a species of bird would be like a subcategory. So you can maybe call that a micro-label, but... I I think I saw somewhere that it's like a label that falls under an already smaller category. So like you've got things like asexual, and then you've got like smaller subcategories like demi or gray or something like that. And then under that, there's even smaller categories, and that would be a micro-label as something that falls under that already Ah, smaller category. Well spoken. That sounds sounds pretty good. All right, let's go with that. Like a small label and already small category. Wait, so by that definition, is gray asexual or gray sexual a micro label or a label? No, I mm. think that one would be a label. But gray ace falls under ace. Yeah, but ace is a really big category and it doesn't have any like smaller breakdowns. Like, it, it's like a third subcategory. And you go like a layer above that, that would just be like LGBTQ. Yeah. Oh, so perhaps you could say that a micro label is like the most detailed level, as in you don't yeah. really get more detailed than that. Yeah. Works. Yeah. Okay. This just goes to show that many people have different definitions for micro labels. So when you start talking about micro labels, then you have to be very specific about what definition you're using. Well, we're using that definition first. For yeah. Continue. Right, we're spending like five minutes trying to figure this out. So what are they used for purpose-wise? Because mm. so, we have a lot of people that say, why do you need to go into such specifics? Because if you just throw this word out here, the majority of people aren't going to know what these words mean. So why does this word exist? Because it serves no purpose in that sense. I don't think that people are upset about these words existing. They're upset about the people who identify with these words, yeah. like wanting wanting to pick that up. Because, okay, there are robins, but there are probably also subcategories of robins, right? Like different sort of robins. I'm sure there yeah. are, but no one knows the name for those. But no one's going to complain about there being names for those because it's science. <laughs> but, so... You're saying that people have an issue with others using these micro-labels. It's because they doubt that people can be so certain as to define themselves to such a degree. Mm-hmm. That's why. And I think they are, there, there are reasons for the skepticism. I mean, some of these labels are very specific. Like, very specific. Yes. This kind of reminds me, when I was doing research for it, I was thinking of, like, all those words out there in the English, like dialect that we just don't use because there's no purpose and even if they were one to use like defenestration it means to throw someone out a window which is incredibly specific it's one of my favorite words i used it on my brother oh yeah it's such a fun word also there's a word called cornobble which means to slap someone with a fish (laughs) you (laughs) there's really no good reason to use that in like your day-to-day speech but those words do exist and I kind of drew that connection with micro-labels. Yeah, it's just to like help people know who they are, because some people really like to have a super specific definition. I'm pretty okay just identifying as asexual and aromantic, but I know that there are probably more specific labels I could use, but I don't really feel the need to go into that. But some people do, and that's okay. And if it makes them more comfortable, then really what's the harm if it's not like doing anything to impede anything else i think it's right a really good yeah that's the thing i don't i think the most part of it's i don't get why there's so much discord surrounding micro labels Mm, well you know it's one thing that sort of throws me off about micro labels it's the same thing that throws me off about personality tests you guys know mbti oh my god and all that yeah like the one with like the really specific like letters exactly there's like intp or something (laughs) 
I am so INTP. Oh, really? Funny that you brought that one up of all 16 of those labels. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea yeah. which one I am. Okay, but like, the deal with those is that they make very specific assertions about your personality. They are yeah. theoretically at least somewhat scientific, but who's really to say? And at the end of the day, you only get them by like taking a series of quizzes. Some people swear by them. Some people are yeah. like really certain in their authenticity. Some people, maybe myself included, think that you you could take you could take them with a grain of salt. So that's sort of the impression I'm getting with how various skeptics would view micro labels as in like those personality tests. Yeah. Yeah, sort of like personality tests, sort of like you can't base your life off of this. You can't really make this the core of your personality or anything. Mm -hmm. But you could have it, <laughs> I suppose. But yeah. also to an extent, it would box you in a little. It, it might box you in because having to define yourself so strictly means that you, you, it's difficult to explore possibilities. Like words define the thoughts. If you don't have a word mm -hmm. to express the thought, then you cannot have the thought. Like, it's George Orwell's 1984... Was it 1984 or 48? 1948. 84. 84? Yes. Oh my god. I literally do not... 84. Thank you, Allie. <laughs> but, yeah. George Orwell's 1984 was all about this. About how your words would basically compose of your personality and compose of your worldview. And if you take the word democracy and freedom out of people's vocabulary, they will simply not be able to describe those, you know, those concepts. They might yeah. have a vague inkling of it, but they don't know what it is. And they can't express it. So having the words around, maybe you can express it. I don't see any harm mm -hmm. in that. But feeling at all the need to pick up one of those labels, that's where it gets kind of difficult for me because I feel like no person should ever be so... There should never be just... That such a specific aspect to a person. Sorry, I'm losing my train of thought a little bit here. But you kind of go, you, you guys kind of know what I'm getting at, right? You know, you get you get a little bit boxed in, fenced in. So yeah. it's like you're eliminating the possibility of changing and growing. Yeah, but also, I'll say this much, is that since picking up the label of asexuality and deciding that yes, that is what I am, like ace, mm -hmm. it's sort of changed my view of things in a way that what in a way that wasn't there before like i'm very aware that previous to deciding that i was ace there were there were moments that seemed to go against it but now looking back like i i feel this pressure to interpret it in such a way that fits in with the label and that's not to say that it doesn't that's not to say that it is it's a personal experience but at the same time it's like do i call that a crush or now that I decide I'm ace, do I want to interpret it as not so a crush? Well, it's difficult. It's very difficult. So with something like an orientation, at least you're, at least it's a little bit clearer. At least it's a little bit like, but with micro labels, it would suddenly get very, very muddy. You know, like you right. no, have no, to no. interpret I, everything. I see what you mean by that. Yeah, I know, because I experienced that kind of thing as well, where it's like, because you, you identify as ace, whether or not you're out to that many people, it's an internal conflict of everything I view has to, if it conflicts with this identity, then, you know, you fall back into that questioning phase and no one wants to do that. <laughs> <laughs> uh. All right. I think we've gone on enough about the pros and cons. Let's move on to like some terms. I was going to say some common terms, but no, none of these are actually too common. None of the more specific ones anyways. Okay. We define asexual as experiencing no sexual attraction to anyone. I hope we don't need to go into more detail about that in this episode. Next most common one may be gray ace, which is having sexual attraction rarely or under very specific circumstances, sometimes only once or twice in a lifetime. Do any of you guys have any experience with being gray ace or having any friends that are gray ace? Or fall I... under that umbrella? I don't know about gray ace, but I do have friends who are questioning. Oh, I do have a friend who um, previously identified as ace, and now she's sort of taken taken a bit of a reconsideration of that because I think she got a crush on someone or something along the lines, 
and now she's playing with the concept of being Demi, although I don't know if she's officially picked up that label ne label yet. So like just saying that she's considering, I thought it, yeah, I thought. Okay, and this brings up the question of what exactly is a crush? Because if it's like true, a one hundred percent romantic like kind of thing, then that doesn't rule out that the possibility of you being kind ace, of a problem know? for me for a long time because before I like realized i thought that i had crushes and looking back i'm like no one really explained this to me but now that i like know more things none of these were crushes they were all just like squishes and very clearly mm. squishes because if i think about anything beyond the first five minutes of like well, what if something was romantically to happen or something like that and i just think about it and i'm like oh ew you know like personally <laughs> i don't like really want that and since no one explained to me, like, I just kind of got caught up in thinking that I was feeling, like, a crush because I thought that that was, like, normal and what I was supposed to be doing. But since no one explained it to me, it just kind of threw me off for a long time. Mm. Right, because society is always, you just, you have to have a crush. Because you see, you hear the stories about like friends getting together, or like a get together or a party, and then everybody, everybody just starts going around asking, "Who's your crush? Who do you like?" It's so normal to like someone like that, and it's assumed that everyone knows what it means. Yeah. And then you kind of find out that that's not always the case. Emily just brought up like the term squishes, and I was wondering mm -hmm. if you wanna. Did we ever go over and define that? Ooh, I don't. Maybe we did in the beginning. Yeah, we should probably define that again. Emmeline, do you want to do that? Uh, sure, yeah. So a squish is basically, like, a platonic crush. And from what I've, like, seen or done research on, the feelings can be kind of similar in that you're, like, kind of excited to see the person, but it's more about the motive that's different. Because, like, for me, I would still get, like, really excited whenever I see these people. I'm like, oh my god, there's the person. But then, like, when my friends talk about it, they're like, oh my god, there's the person, oh my god. And I'm like, no, I'm just excited to be around this person. I'm not, like, a, like fluttery and stuff so it, it's like a platonic crush basically would you say that you can easily get like embarrassed or flushed around them i feel like that's a common crush thing i mean i wouldn't really get like embarrassed it would just be that i would be like kind of start watching myself and being like am i being cool around this person like am i perceived as a potential like friend you know so like i would kind of watch my behavior a little bit more and try not to do anything like weird or embarrassing but at the moment like it, it didn't i wouldn't get embarrassed until i did something that was actually like kind of weird but i didn't really get super embarrassed around them now mm, okay so i guess i think this one depends on whether or not you as a person are like touchy-feely i think if you have a crush then you have this urge to like hug them or kiss them is that a thing with squishes? No, I, again, like I said, it threw me off for a very long time because I didn't know the difference. And I didn't even know that squish existed until I figured out, like, until I did more research about asexuality and aromanticism. But it took me a long time to realize that, like, wanting to be in the same room as this person because I think they're really cool is very very different from like wanting to like be romantically involved with that person or sexually involved with that person and so i kind of assumed that those feelings would come along after but no i never i never wanted to like anything hold hands or touch or kiss and now i'm just like repulsed so that probably explains it okay next talking point um would you guys consider demi to fall under grace um under gray or would you consider them to be like kind of separate i never really thought about this but now that you brought it up i can kind of see where you're going with it uh it depends on how you want to define gray because the way that we define gray over here are having sexual attraction rarely or under very specific circumstances mm -hmm. it does seem like demi falls under but i am aware that other people would maybe define that differently you know like maybe like have they would just say having sexual attraction occasionally or having sexual attraction like the the same way that an aloe person would have sexual attraction but mm -hmm. rather infrequently you know so in that okay. instance yeah. it's a different sort of thing than demi yeah. so if you define gray as just based on a frequency and not a circumstantial thing then mm -hmm. it wouldn't okay mm -hmm. i think i always define gray as just being a frequency thing so for me personally demi is separate because it's conditional 
but I yeah that is different for everyone I think I've always thought of them more separate just because I've, I see a lot of people like if, if I'm ever talking to people mostly online but if I'm ever talking to people who use those labels they're always like make the distinction and I've never seen anyone who says I'm gray because or like I'm gray because I'm demi I've always seen them be used separately so I've seen like gray ace people and I've seen demi ace people but I've never seen someone who identifies as both mm, okay okay let's go ahead and define demisexual demisexual is defined as having no sexual attraction for anyone until powerful or deeper bonds or emotional connections are formed this like critical point of this bond or emotional connection is different for every person and I'm not Demi personally, so I can't say anything from personal experience, but that's what I've heard. You know what's the absolutely most hilarious thing to me is that although you cannot say to ace people you just haven't met the one, you just haven't mm -hmm. found the right person, mm -hmm. it is sometimes a conundrum that I think a lot of ace people are aware of is, um, am I possibly Demi? <laughs> Which is, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um... If it ever comes the time where I realize I'm Demi, I guess I'll use that label. <laughs> that ever happens yeah. to be the case. I think the thing with Demis, they get this a lot more than any other micro label. I think mainly because we hear about being Demi more than some of the other ones, is that everyone is Demi. And I, I definitely brought this up beforehand uh, in like, the oh previous no. episodes. Oh no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> It's not that at all, because yeah. being Demi is like, you have to really know the person, like you have to know like them emotionally. Like there's only one person that I think if I were Demi, I would have that level of connection with, but like it has to be really deep and I've known her for like almost 10 years of my life and it has to be something it can't just be like i met this person and we kind of texted for like a week because that's like knowing someone as an acquaintance and maybe as a friend but it has to be like mm -hmm. knowing the person it can't just be knowing like what they look like and kind of like their voice you have to know their personality and their emotions and their thoughts and their fears and things like that before it really starts to be considered that kind of connection i think that's a fair um... point um, yeah. The direct opposite of oh, wait, where did you? <laughs> oh, I also wanted to mention that if ev if everyone really do like there are, maybe there are some people who when they say but everyone's demi this this happens in that they themselves really are demi but like yeah they just assume that everyone else is also similar to them so like mm -hmm. just just to lay the foundations very clear yeah like em Emmeline said it's definitely far deeper than acquaintance it's far deeper than knowing each other for a week two weeks a month or so you know it's really mm -hmm. like you've already gained you've already gotten so deep or i saw this in a meme but you've already gotten so deep into the friend zone where it'll be awkward to confess but that's when but that's when the emotions come so it's like too bad so like <laughs> yeah the very fact that we do have a concept of friend zone and like everything kind of tells me that no not everyone is demi but if you if, if someone if one of our listeners really are of the opinion that wait why doesn't everyone feel like this that is actually maybe the first step of realizing that you're on the ace spectrum you know you're on the ace spec because i've lost track of how many aces honestly who who are who who would say something like oh wait i thought everyone was like this this was actually a category for something <laughs> like you know yeah i had that experience with just asexuality in general i thought everyone was ace turns out they aren't mm -mm. okay the direct opposite of being demi is being frasexual which is having sexual attraction like on a regular basis such as an aloe would but once you have the stronger bond this sexual attraction fades away and they are pretty much ace effectively seems I, like I've not really seen phrase sexual being mentioned as much as Demi. I think that's probably because it's a lot more... I don't know if it would be like that it's less common, but maybe it's that it's less noticed because if you're phrase sexual and you know it, then you wouldn't want to go and like confess to this person because then you get to know them and then it would just go away. So like really what's the point? So it probably just wouldn't be talked about as much. Right. Yeah. Well, they're also... I don't know, they're also like very aloe passing, I would say. Because if you spend a long time, if you if you like just get crushes like aloes do, and you mm -hmm. get new heel traction like aloe do, but then mm -hmm. 
you get emotional attachment and you sort of like break up, then people just say, oh, you're flighty or like, you know, you're just scared of commitment. And that's a very common thing, I suppose. I feel like it would be harder for them almost. But there's also like instances of married couples, you know, where like in the honeymoon phase, they're at yeah. it, but then mm -hmm. they get married and they've known each other a long time and they just, there's, they still get along very well, mm -hmm. but they don't sleep together for like months. So it's very aloe passing, I would say. Mm -hmm. That's fair. All right, this next one, I'm gonna butcher the name. Amicosexual? Oh boy. It's, yeah, it's a subsection of being demi, where one only develops sexual attraction towards friends and platonic relationships. It's different. Wait, no, what? Hold on. What is this definition trying to say? Apparently, I just glossed over this one when I was doing things earlier, and now this makes no sense to me. Um, I think it's. Hmm. Wait, hold on. I think I kind of okay. understand. Actually, Maybe. I think we talked about this a little bit in psychology last year, like of one of these concepts. This says, um, for Demi, it's enough to be around the person for a prolonged amount of time. So you don't necessarily have to be considered like friends with the person, but you can still know them. Like if you watch them every day, if they're like your neighbor and they go like to their mail every day, or you see them and you just mm -hmm. kind of say hi, but you're not like established friends, but you know them like, and you know them really well. Even if you haven't like established that you're friends, like you haven't said it out loud yet. Uh, okay. Um, but for this one, it has to have been previously established. For this, it says like classmates and work colleagues could be um, someone that a demisexual person would fall for mm -hmm. because they still like talk to the person, they know them, and if it's over a span of like a year or two or three or however long, you could still get to know right. them pretty well, even if you don't can like count yourself as friends. I see. Okay. Yeah, that makes more sense. Well, I mean, that also depends on an individual's definition of friend versus, like, acquaintance yeah. or something. So, quite vague, regardless. This next one, Caligo? Caligo? Oh Caligo? Caligo. One of the two. I'm just gonna go with... Wait, wait which one are you looking... Caligo's... The, the... Oh. It's like... <laughs> I see it. Yeah. Wait, wait. Just, just, uh, just a question. Do we want to, like, have a list of these? Or if, like, um, there's no way, I'll, I'll say this much, there is absolutely no way people will come out of this podcast, like, knowing which micro-labels are which, like... <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> this is gonna completely... <laughs> I mean, it's a fun discussion, but do we want to, like, leave a list somewhere with definitions so they sort of, so they can grasp it a little bit? I feel like if we put that list in the description, that would get very long. Maybe just, like kind of make a list of just the terms and not put it on your instagram <laughs> mm. or like if anyone has the time and energy which might not happen like the terms and timestamp but that would be exhausting yeah I don't know. we have so many terms to get through my goodness but yeah okay if, if, if okay, you, if you guys are seeing terms and with timestamps that means some wonderful angel went out and did it thank thank them in advance <laughs> Okay. Okay. Back to this. I'm just gonna go with the, def uh, with the pronunciation. Of Is it Caligo? Caligo. One of the two. Alright, that's feeling sexual attraction that is very weak or vague and it's almost non-existent. Existent. It sounds like Grey Ace to me. Mm, no, I think it's different because Grey Ace, it could be just as extreme when you feel it, but this one... I think it's not about the frequency, but the... Oh, it's, it's not okay. about quantity, it's about quality, I think. So, like, it's just, like, it could happen, like, dozens of times, but you just see them for a second, and you're like, hmm, that person's kind of cool. Like, you know? And then, right. like, it's just super weak and probably goes away really fast. So this... So, like, we're using the definition of gray ace that's based on frequency, and Caligo is based on intensity? That works. Okay. This next one is... I've never actually heard this second term being used. Ace flux or myrsexual? Myrsexual. Myrsexual. Why are all these words so vague? Who does like, these names? Who, that's my yeah. question. What kind of linguistics major went out and found the Latin roots for all of this? <laughs> God damn. <laughs> Okay, I think we're just gonna go with Ace Flux. I've heard that before. It's experiencing many different orient like asexual orientations. 
together and it could change depending on the day. Mm. I'm not really sure what to say about this one. So it's just like where one day you might be like gray or feel gray, but then the next day you could be like, or no, wait, one day. Can you, you wait. be gray if you're ace flux though? I don't know. Maybe it doesn't. <laughs> no, I think it's about the the finer points, like this one that we're gonna go over in like two time. Lithosexual, like one day you could be that, and then the next day you could just be like, what's the opposite to that? Reciprocal. Or yeah. oh my god, how pronunciation? Well, yeah, but like one day, one day you're some like you're it, one thing works for you, and the next day a different thing works for you, but it changes every day, so you just stick with Ace Flux. Right, so it's kind of a catch-all in that sense. Yeah, so I it think sounds... Ace Flux Aww. might not actually be like a micro-label in the sense where we said it's like the most detailed you can get, because mm -hmm. with Ace Flux, every day you'd have an even more detailed thing, but it would be different. Right. Well, it sounds to me like Ace Flux is the label that people might use if they don't know which label to use, you know? Wouldn't that just be questioning? Not not quite questioning, it's more like they are aware that they are not these, but that they are this, but they, they're not- they're certain in their uncertainty. That's very vague. Well, yeah, maybe, but I think a lot of people still would have this where it would change on a daily basis and it would just be different every day. Yeah, no, that's fair. I like that. Well, does it have um, to be a daily basis? Maybe not a daily basis, but like on, I don't know, but it changes. Semi-frequent basis. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Next one is limnosexual, which is sexual attraction only peaked by de depictions of acts of the attraction, such as like art or video or any sort of media, but no like in-person acts. Okay. So I'm looking at this and being like, how's it different from ego sexual? Ego? Ego. Yeah. I feel like if you're limno, then you, if you see like a video or any other form of media, then you could picture yourself in that scenario, where if you're ego, then that absolutely cannot happen. Oh. Perhaps. We're gonna get to ego in a second here. Limnosexuals is one that I actually had to ask after I got the definition in, and I've never heard this one before. Most of these other ones I've at least seen the term being thrown around, but limno I had absolutely not heard of before this. Lithosexual, at least that one was pronounceable. Okay. <laughs> Someone who experiences sexual attraction but does not want to reciprocate it under any circumstances. So they don't want to be perceived as like sexually desirable in a sense. I think it's less about the perception, just that they don't want it reciprocated. Like it's it's not like the perception, it's just they don't want the person to reciprocate it. So like they could be like noticeable, but if the person that they're like attracted to were to notice them, then that would be like the case that they wouldn't want. So you're saying that they're fine with other people being sexually attracted to them as long as they themselves are not attracted to that person? I mean, I'm not sure because I'm not lithosexual, but I feel like it's less about other people and more just about the one person. My interpretation of this one is like, I don't really disagree with the idea that it, it's it's about attraction, right? So it's an emotion that you can't really control and that just sort of arises. So the way that I sort of see this one is, it's not that you do not want people to desire you. It's that the moment that you are aware of that desire, you lose your own attraction. Like, it's a little bit like um, wanting something that you cannot have, but in a different way. You know, it's a little bit like you're told you can't do this, you're told you can't have this, and therefore you desire it more. But the moment you're told you could, or that it is within your reach, then you don't really want it anymore. It's a little bit like that as far as I can see. You so, know? like, you kind of want the thrill of chasing after it? I don't you, know you... if it would be chasing after it, it would just be you want the thrill of <laughs> right. something that you don't think you could have. Yeah, but it's not necessarily like you don't think you can have It's a little more like, um, you just rather... It's, it's like the stereotype of girls liking bad boys, of girls liking like the aloof, I'm not too interested in you types versus, mm -hmm. you know, the guys that are really interested in them and that are like mm -hmm. actively pursuing them, not as yeah. attractive. Like you can't help it. That Yeah, that's sort of the way I'm reading this one, but I'm not, I'm not really an authority on this, so. Yeah, none, none of us are. <laughs> we, just, we have a list and we can have a conversation. Yeah. Um, the opposite of lithosexual is 
reciprosexual, which is you don't experience sexual attraction unless you know that the other person is sexually attracted to you. That sort of makes sense, I guess. Like、mm. knowing that someone is attracted to you, I can I can see how that would be something that would make you attracted to them. Yep, that that's, one. That's fair. That that one makes me think of this is a food metaphor, but it makes me think of you know when you make a bunch of food for people. And then you、yeah. bring it, and everyone enjoys it. And they're always so happy to like eat the food that you spend so much time making. Yeah, you know, you just feel happy that people are happy. You know, you just feel satisfied that people are satisfied, and it's a very、yeah. genuine emotion. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the way I'm reading that one. <laughs>、mm-hmm. Yeah. Next one is egosexual or autosexual? Chris, A- I don't know. Yes.、Yeah. Briefly、um, mentioned this. Yes, I feel like most people use ego. Rather than autocore, but it's a disconnection between oneself and the target of arousal. So it, if you watch a video like that, you cannot put yourself in that situation. So like you have no desire to participate, but you can stomach watching it, and you may even be aroused by watching other people do it.、Hmm. This one is um something that I've considered picking up. I haven't. But I I did I did consider it mostly because like the closest thing I felt to maybe having a crush on a person is directed towards fictional characters. But I don't know if that would qualify as a crush. It's more like um I could be absolutely obsessed with a fandom for years on end in a way I absolutely would not be about a person <laughs> like an actual person. <laughs> so I say that's probably the closest to it, and it, it's a little bit like um. Come on, who's who's not attracted to anime characters? They are aesthetic. They're aesthetic AF. De- define like what kind of attraction? <laughs> like kind of attraction? aesthetic, sure. Anything else?、Mm, probably not. Like um,、mm, I would say that in a way that differs from from like okay, if anything veers too close towards reality or feels like actual porn, I am. Uncomfortably aware that these are human people that are、oh, present, and、mm-hmm. I get immediately uncomfortable. Like, <laughs> like, like secondhand、please. embarrassment. Yeah, yeah. Like, why, why are you bearing yourself in front of a camera? Can you not do that? Kind of. But I'd say that if it were like a drawing or something, there is another layer of reality between that, and I have less trouble with that. Does that make sense? Yeah. So. This is one that I probably maybe identify with compared to the other, and I'm not the only one. If browsing Reddit is any indication, <laughs> <laughs> this one seems pretty popular on Reddit. Oh wow,、A-go. really? A E. That's a diphthong. A E go. We don't really have diphthongs these days. It's usually in Old English. But continue. A <laughs> E <laughs>、um, go. Next one is disassociasexual. Dissociosexual? Maybe. <laughs> We just smash two words together. It's like dissociation.、Together. It's like dissociation, but like the end, take it off. So yeah, dissociosexual. Yeah. Um, you can probably guess from the term what it means. Someone who disassociates during sexual activity, and it often leaves the individual confused about their orientation. I feel like that's、I'm、pretty straightforward. I'm not completely clear on exactly what. Disassociation entails. Definitely heard、um, of it before. Well, there's a difference but... between disassociation and dissociation. So this one doesn't have an A or like O,、oh. isn't it? But dissociation,、um, disassociation is when two things are not associated. But dissociation is when someone just kind of like vibes out of their body for a while and just doesn't really like focus on anything that's around them. Or like anything that's going on. So like you could still be doing things, but you're dissociated from it. So like you could be cooking, or you could be cleaning, or doing your work, or something like that. But you're just not there. Like your your body is present and doing the work, but your mind is just vacant, and you're just like hours could pass and you wouldn't know it, but you would have gotten things done. So it's I think it's something like that. And it's not always so extreme that like time would pass and you don't know it, but it can get to that point. I, so I think I can zoning out. Huh. So it's 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 a bit like extreme zoning out, but sometimes in zoning out you're still kind of conscious and aware, and it usually only lasts a minute or two.、Mm, this one in particular, I don't know about calling it a micro label because it's more of like a state of conscience, conscience, and less of like a sense of physical attraction. You know what I mean? It's like um, I imagine a lot of people who are sex indifferent might. 
you know, be in the middle of intercourse and just sort of zone out, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think if it happens frequently enough and someone were to want something to define that, then it would probably be something nice to have. Right. And that's the whole point of microlabels, to feel validated. All right. Next one is agensexual, an asexual who is repulsed by genitalia, and it was formerly known as vaposexual? Vaposexual? <laughs> That's probably more accurate. I wonder if this could be considered like sort of a subcategory of sex repulsed. Because this is more specific. Yeah. Yeah, it's fair. Yeah, but maybe you could like be attracted to a person, just not like their genitals. Yeah, it's, it's like <laughs> a little like the petting's fine, the hugging's fine, the everything else is fine, like, but please keep your pants on. <laughs> yeah. You know, like the whole getting into your pants expression doesn't apply here. But maybe right. shirt off. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. So don't send this person nudes. <laughs> Torso nudes. <laughs> Apothosexual? Apothy? Apothosexual. Apothosexual. Mm. Asexual is sex repulsed. It just basically means sex repulsed. That is yeah. basically sex repulsed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually use this one sometimes. And then the opposite of that is pathosexual, which is sex positive. I was just gonna say, I wasn't aware there were words for these aside from sex repulsed and sex positive. But there um, we are. I think I heard of apathy, but I didn't hear of like the term for sex positive. I think it's different from being sex positive because positive and like negative are state like opinions about it in general as opposed to favorable and repulsed are opinions about it to the person so like i can be sex positive meaning that i don't think that it's a disgusting thing that no one should engage in and still personally be repulsed so i think Mm. rather than being positive it's favorable yeah yeah, that's that's an important distinction to make i'm just kind of reading off our list wait so sex positive ace if that's not like an attitude then is it a willingness? Like, how do we Are look we at looking this at sex positive or sex favorable? Sex positive. Because sex favorable sex is the attitude, right? Fa- favorable is about personal feeling towards it. So, like, you'd be willing to do it and you actually, like, would be wanting to do it. But I think positive is about feelings about it in general. So, like, yeah. if you were negative, you'd be like, no one should be engaging in sex. You should only do it for reproductive purposes. You should wait until marriage, things like that. Or even just mm-hmm. go to so far as being like, don't do it ever something like that mm-hmm. but positive would be like um if you think that it's fine that other people do it and it's good that other people do it for fun rather than just for like reproductive purposes so it's it's sort of like a Wait, societal feeling as opposed to a, hmm? is was the societal feeling like the favorable no that's societal feeling is positive all right Favor- yeah. at this point we need to find what we mean by sexual orientation because when it comes to things like attitudes and things like general opinions towards society, I, mm-hmm. I don't know if that would fall under any sort of sexual orientation. No, no. Because definitely. I think you can definitely be aloe and still think that deaf people should definitely only have sex for re- reproductive purposes, right? Yeah, exactly. Positive yeah. and negative aren't orientations, they're just someone's opinion. Alright, so how do we interpret pothosexual and sexual? I've never oh heard of yeah, those before. are the same thing. Sex favorable, meaning that you're willing to have sex? Willing and even go so far as wanting to, but you just don't feel the attraction, but you would want it for like how it feels, I guess. Or to make your partner happy. I feel like that would be a little bit more towards the neutral if it was just for the partner. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's the point. Like, all this stuff is really vague, so. Cubosexual, which is having no sexual attraction for anyone, but you still want a sexual relationship. That sounds kind of different from having romantic attraction. Yeah, it's got nothing to do with romantic attraction. I mean, I guess there would be a romantic counterpart. It's like keep there it romantic. Is, yeah. yeah. Keep you romantic, yeah. I feel like it kind of goes hand in hand with pathosexual just because, like, if you were to still want a sexual yeah. relationship, you'd have to be at least sex neutral. Right, yeah. And there's no way in apathy. You can't be apathy and cupo. Yeah, no. Wait, is cupio. Okay, so you know how sometimes you can you can be like aromantic, but can you also be aro alo? Yeah, aro yeah, alo. Would that yeah. be something? That's a thing. Lines? No, I don't think that has you... to do with cupo though, because you would yeah, because... have ex- 
sexual attraction because you're Alec, right? Yeah. Yeah. This one you don't have the attraction, but you still want mm-hmm. to have the relationship with someone. So want the wanting to have the relationship part. It doesn't apply to feeling sexual attraction, but it's something else. What that something yeah. else is. Okay, this is the impression I'm getting from the people or like the general communities who arrived at these terms, which is perhaps they did not have English degrees. <laughs> is all I gotta say. <laughs> because before you make a subcategory of a category, you know what the category is. So all of these should theoretically fall under sexual orientation and then fall under asexual. And then you go from there. Like, it has to already fall under those terms. So if it does not, then I'm just like, there's nothing wrong with there being a word for this. But I don't know about the way you've organized these words. Right, right, because it's really confusing. Especially because all these terms can mean slightly different things to different people. Yeah, that's that's where my issue with posi-sexual comes in. It's a little bit where copio-sexual also confuses me. Because you can desire a sexual relationship and not have any sexual attraction of course mm-hmm. totally valid but i yeah. don't know if that's a sexual orientation i think it should count maybe well you probably still have to or like still is it just a state of mind like what's the definition like... of orientation should we just google that right now yeah let's do that poor dana is gonna have a lot of editing to do <laughs> apologies dana okay so the definition is a person's identity in relation to the gender or genders to which they are sexually attracted. The fact of being like hetero or homo, etc. General attitude? Is that what it was? No. A person's identity in relation to the genders. It's specific about gender. It's <laughs> or in specific our case, about... No, no gender. It doesn't matter. Wait, if it's specific about gender, that more or less does not encompass a good deal of ace yeah, that's, identity. Yeah, that's the thing. I'm not sure if anyone has said these are all orientations. They're yeah. just micro-labels. It's just the question of what are these things labeling. I think mm. a lot of it is like subjective, like it's up to personal decision. Maybe the rest of society doesn't view this as a label, but if it makes you feel better and if it makes you feel more valid, then mm-hmm. I think you should just use it because, like, really, who cares what society thinks? At this point, I would be, like, I would feel better if society didn't approve of me. So, like, I mean, maybe, like, Google doesn't define something like this, or society doesn't say that this is what it is, but I think as long as you think that you feel like this and it makes you feel good, then you should just use it because, I mean, there's no harm. And, like, there's over 7 billion people on this planet. There's definitely people who do identify with these labels. It's not sure, like, chance, because there's so many. Well, if there are these labels, then someone clearly said to themselves, this is an right. emotion that I feel needs a name for. And that resonated with enough people to have it become some form of a label. It doesn't necessarily label orientation, because it's not like you're oriented towards any specific thing this thing being gender in this case Mm, but it's more of like a qualifier that makes sense like these are labels for qualifiers rather than orientation i would say this is that um this is basically a question that i'm directing towards you guys and literally anyone i come across which is (laughs) how important is it to make a community accessible to members outside of the community you know, to the people who would not be interested in joining the ACE community because mm-hmm. they don't fully identify with this, but how important mm-hmm. is it to make sort of these terms or to make this sort of structure that we have accessible to others and mm. to educate others? Because when you have um, these terms that don't quite fall under sexual orientation, yeah. but sort of do, and then when mm-hmm. we have terms that, like, do we want to redefine sexual orientation, which maybe we do, now that I think about it. Because a word is only as good as how it's used, not how the right. dictionary defines it. But as far as that goes, the way that doesn't quite fall under the dictionary definition of sexual orientation means that a fair number of people who are not of the community are going to be supremely confused, and they are going to take that confusion out on people who do identify with these labels. Right, right. Definitely visibility is so important. Because if you asked me, even like a year ago, about like checking out ace resources 
and just saying that without like any more definitions, I don't think I would have. Mm. So visibility and then giving a clear and concise definition with it is really important. Yeah. yeah being being able to explain what this is mm-hmm. is definitely a big step one. Yes. I think like if someone's new to the concept of being ace and the concept of all these micro labels, definitely don't start throwing all these terms and definitions in their face. Oh yeah, no. They're gonna get them mixed so up and stuff. Confusing. But I feel like as you browse forums, you'll come across the, these terms one by one. You'll see which ones are more frequent, and you'll start learning the definitions and how they're used. Yeah. When when I was trying to figure out the differences between romance, favorable, neutral, repulse, because that one's a little bit harder to quantify in my mind, I did some research and I found this really, really helpful website. And I keep going back to it sometimes to refer to it, but it had all of these labels that we've gone over here, and it had them explained in great detail, and they all made sense, and it had all the flags, and it was really great, and I think I came across it at a good time because I was already feeling comfortable in identifying as asexual and aromantic, but I came across it at a time that I could like understand that I was apothosexual and apotheromantic because I already felt comfortable enough. I'm like, I know I'm this, and maybe there's something deeper, but no matter what I come across, nothing's gonna change this for me. And so- Oh, mind right. like linking this website and we can drop it in this, the description? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll get it once we yeah, finish recording. Mm-hmm, fantastic. Um, we actually have one more definition to get there. That is like, this true. Quick and easy. Parasexual. Having sex for reproductive reasons only. That one's pretty clear. Yeah. Is that one, again, again, is that one a, a sexual orientation? Um, according is to the definition that... we were just talking about now. No. It's, not, it's got nothing to do with gender. But I think it counts as like yeah. a micro-label under asexuality because you might not mm-hmm. have the attraction, but if you want like the kids, then I guess... Right. It's a qualifier. Yeah. I'm thinking about this in terms of like colors. Because like say you have blue right you then you have navy blue light blue sky blue green blue purplish kind of blue like that kind of thing like they're all blue but they're all kind of different yeah Hmm. having sex for reproductive purposes only is very pragmatic and it's very utilitarian Mm -hmm. and it doesn't it, it strikes me as like not so much an emotion as like yeah, so, so this was just very cut and dry. Reasoning, yeah. logic, and all that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think there are like other terms for this, isn't there? I don't think I've come across any of them. It just makes me think of like really, really religious people. Oh. I'll be honest. Well, Curious. yes and no, because like you could probably be parasexual without being asexual itself, right? Like you could still have the attraction, but you would only have sex for reproductive reasons and that would probably mm-hmm. be the religious aspect but you could yeah. still be asexual and be like sex neutral or favorable and just have sex for reproductive reasons but doesn't yeah. that fall directly under like uh sex positive or possibly copiosexual right still desiring sexual relationship this is this is getting into the motivation behind having sex right well yes but I think kipiosexual will be more about the bond rather than the motive, I think. It's not more about less about, it's like it can mean bond, but it can also mean motive, right? Yeah, maybe. I feel like so they could go why... together, but they don't have to. Hmm. This is, <laughs> this is like why I think, I, I don't, I don't want to throw this onto other people. I got to take responsibility as well. This is why others and sometimes myself also are skeptical of microlabels. Yeah. Not not no. microlabels. Most microlabels are fine, but when it gets to minutia microlabels, such as like <laughs> these ones, then I start having a lot of questions. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I think it's hard. Throughout this, we've had questions. That's fine. Yeah. Questions are good. It's, it's hard yeah. with something that's been like, it's only just come into existence so recently. Like, I know that asexual existed for a long time before, mm-hmm. but like a lot of these terms probably only came into existence in like the 2010s and it wasn't by some professional or someone who's like oh yes these are clearly different and like I can see where they all fall and like there's an exact definition for each one it's people like us who have this feeling that they're this 
but they're also this and they need something to define that and so they say what they think it feels and someone else is like i feel that too with this slight twist so then they make this new word that's almost exactly the same as the old one but there's this slight difference and so it just becomes so convoluted and complicated but it's still important for people to have these but because it's just people like us who like kind of know what's going on but like also not really sometimes so that's what makes it so difficult is that it's not something that's professional or super clear it's just something that someone made and someone else adopted I, I agree with this to an extent but i also raise you the question of why is it necessary for everyone to be able to so clearly describe their experiences in one word like one word is typically insufficient to describe a person right you, you need like entire pages like a paragraph to do anything mm -hmm. in, a de in detail and beyond that I question whether it is necessary possibly to have some form of quality control in place like the reason why the dictionary is so widespread in use is because there's strict quality control for what word gets on what word is not on there mm -hmm. so on and so forth so maybe something like this does not need any sort of quality control maybe it does especially if you want to be able to smoothly interface with people who are outside of the community right yeah but i feel like if you're talking to someone outside you would just state the definition Let, maybe okay the term after. isn't the next episode with the aloe yes aloe people let's mm -hmm. ask them <laughs> what do they Their think of microlabels yes <laughs> i'm gonna put that down yeah i'll make a note for doing that after this i just i want to say that there was no way for us to get people who identified with all of these microlabels on this episode and that would have been super helpful and super great but that just isn't possible yeah and i think your question about if it's necessary i don't think it's necessary but some people need it to like help them figure out what's going on and obviously you need pages and pages to describe a person and you probably need like thousands of pages and you still wouldn't have the person fully down but sexuality is only a small portion of a person like it's it's not just that they they've got other things they've got hobbies and they've got their job and their career and they've got like other things that they like to do so it wouldn't be the only thing that described them but i think that if someone were to want something to help describe this portion of their life to help it make sense then that would be why you would want something very specific for that so it's more of a personal thing than a like societal thing yeah that's fair thank you for listening to us if you want to see behind the scenes stuff and updates for the next episode you can check us out on instagram at knights of nope we would love to hear from you guys. Um, you can also email us, email us at a casual exchange at gmail.com. We have a Reddit, u slash Knights of Nope, and you guys can follow this podcast wherever you listen from. A casual exchange was created by the Knights of Nope, hosted by Allie, produced and edited by Dana. All music used can be found in the description.